Well, it is exciting to be here, and uh, in terms of all the things we're celebrating today, a more personal one for Grace and myself is it's, this is actually the 15th anniversary of my first Sunday here. Here's, here's some pictures from... Now, I know I haven't changed at all since then. 15 years has treated me well. Uh, kids are a little bit bigger than they were 15 years ago, but yeah, this is 15 years ago today was the first Sunday I was here as, as pastor of what was then Old Road Baptist Church, so really significant anniversary for, for Grace and me and, and our family. And uh, as last year we were planning with the building works going on and thinking about life in our two congregations here at Alder Road and 502 Ashley Road and, and trying to discern what God was calling us to in, in terms of how we were structured. We obviously talked about how site leadership was going to be organized and we concluded that Richard and I should both be le- leading a site and uh, working that through and uh, some discussion about which sites each of us should lead and uh, the congregation down at Ashley Road has been really important to me. That congregation started in my house um, a number of years ago, about 10 years ago now, I think. We started with about 25 people meeting in my house, and that then became a little group of people who were then sent out to start a congregation at Paul Key, and we moved to different venues along Paul Key until eventually we were able to buy the building at Ashley Road and start the congregation there. So that's been really important to me, a really important part of my ministry over the years here, feel very invested in what is happening down at Ashley Road. But Alder Road is the congregation that I was called to pastor and serve 15 years ago. And uh, getting this building done has felt a huge responsibility, a huge part of that 15 years. When I first, when Grace and I first drove into the car park here uh, 15 and a bit years ago, I immediately thought, oh, this place needs a building project. And uh, it's taken a long time to bring that to fruition. I'm so grateful that at last we have. But because of all those things, as we were working it through, really felt that this was the, the site at which I needed to be based for this time in terms of leading and serving here, and, and Richard gladly went to go and do the same down at 5.02. Now, this next season, uh, for me personally, is going to be a little bit different from how the last year or two has been. Uh, normally, I travel quite a lot, and especially last year, catching up with things after the pandemic, I was away a lot. Uh, and at least one Sunday in four, I would be somewhere else, and often traveling overseas quite a lot. That's going to be different for this next season. Um, want to be grounded here. I think it's important that I'm really here for, as we get going in this, in this new shape. Uh, there's been a couple of Sundays when I'm down at 5.02 over the coming weeks, but uh, there's only going to be two Sundays between now and middle of May when I'm not at Gateway. So I'm planning to be here essentially the whole time, wanting to really dig in here and, and grow community and build relationship with people again and help shape up the, the teams that are serving and leading here. Uh, and, and then part of that different pattern of, of my life in ministry is also because once we get to the end of May, uh, I'm planning to have a sabbatical. I was due a sabbatical two years ago, but because of the pandemic and then because of the building project, that didn't work out. So end of May through to mid-August, I'm planning not to be around at all because I'll be on a season of sabbatical. So for those reasons, I really want to be very grounded here through to the end of May. And we are focusing this season the sense of newness, that we are in a new year, that although Alder Road has been here for nearly 100 years, this does feel like a new thing, a new sight, and we're looking for some fresh vision. And uh, my prayer is that we would see thriving congregational life here at Alder Road. I'm looking for deepened spirituality, for us to have a deeper sense of 
the presence of God, a deeper understanding and knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. I'm looking for us to have a sense of sharpened mission of our call to the world. Uh, looking for us to have more intentional discipleship that we see people conform more and more to the image of Christ Jesus. And really importantly, we want to have a strong sense of community and family. I think that has always been a characteristic of us at Gateway. That's something we want to lean into. And the facilities we have will make some of that easier. So one of the things that we want to do is over this term have a couple of Sundays where we all stay after the service and have lunch together. It's much easier in this building with a decent kitchen all the rest than it used to be. So we're looking to dig into community. And I'd encourage you to, to, to do that in your life as well. Uh, Sundays, invite people back for lunch. Look out for people who are new. Ask them to come around to your home. Let, let's build family and community together. Probably for many of us, there is a sense of coming home, that those of you who've been part of the Alder Road congregation for a long time, it does feel like coming home today, but it's also, it is a new day. And uh, what I want to do for a few minutes is to dig right into the past, not just the hundred years that this church has been here, but back into the 8th century BC, into the prophecy of Isaiah, which I think will help us to see into the future and what God has for us in this season. God speaks to the prophet Isaiah, 8th century BC, and there are things which God speaks to Isaiah which are specifically for that time, that place, that context, and there are some things which come through in this prophecy which need some unpacking and explaining to us, but there are timeless promises and principles from God for the people of God which I think will help orientate us for this new season. So Isaiah 56, I'm going to read verses 3 to 8 and then speak about those. This is what the Lord says to the prophet Isaiah. Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, The Lord will surely exclude me from his people. And let no eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree. For this is what the Lord says, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me, and hold fast to my covenant, to them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it, and all who hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations." The Sovereign Lord declares, He who gathers the exiles of Israel, I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered. First thing I want us to see is God's welcome of us. This is a, a prophecy which is interesting because it's a prophecy to foreigners. And, that, and that's interesting because at this time in the history of Israel, foreigners were a threat. The Assyrian Empire, which is a very violent very violent empire had destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel and had threatened the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah, where Isaiah is. The kingdom of Judah had kind of swerved that bullet by God's grace. The Assyrians hadn't come and, and, and destroyed them. But soon after Isaiah prophesies, the Babylonians will come and they will carry the people of Israel into exile in Babylon. And so the nation of Israel is in this place of real existential threat. The very existence of the nation is under threat from foreigners. And what you'd expect in that context is xenophobia, of a hatred of foreigners, 
But instead, what we see is God's generosity to the nations. Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, the Lord will surely exclude me from his people. The the focus here is not on keeping the foreigners out, but on letting the foreigners in. And what the Lord says through Isaiah is that those foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord will be fully part of God's people. That's a remarkable thing when you think about the context in which Isaiah is prophesying. Now the thing for us to understand, the application for us in this, is to see that we, you and I, are the foreigners. We're the foreigners here. Now at Gateway, we're blessed by having a significant number of different nationalities represented amongst us. At our international carol service at Christmas, it was terrific to celebrate some of the different ethnic variety and diversity that makes up this church. We love it. But what we need to see is that all of us are foreigners. Those of us who are born and bred here, we're foreigners in terms of what Isaiah is describing here because naturally we are not part of God's people. We're not born naturally into God's community. But God opens an invitation wide to all of us that those who are foreigners, if they bind themselves to the Lord, God will not exclude you. The welcome is warm and embracing. Now, if you are a stranger, if you're a foreigner, the thing that you most want is to experience a warm welcome. Part of what we hope to achieve on Sunday mornings is that those who come amongst us for the first time feel a warm welcome. I hope if you're here for the first time, you're experiencing that yourself, even if some of it does seem a bit strange. I hope you feel welcome amongst us. When I was 18, I left home. It was the first time I'd been overseas on my own, and I was going to uh, work on a farm in Swaziland in southern Africa for a few months. And uh, the cheapest way to get there was via Moscow and Mozambique. And this was back in the 80s. This was still communism, and there was uh, a terrible civil war in Mozambique. But it was the cheapest way to get to Swaziland. And so I did this long, convoluted journey. First time I'd ever flown on my own. First time I'd ever been away from home on my own. First time overseas on my own. Moscow, several stops on the way down. Finally into Mozambique. That was a whole saga. Finally got to Mbaban Airport in Swaziland, a little tiny airport. And... uh, It was getting towards dusk, and there was nobody there to meet me. And what had happened is the people I was going to be staying with, they'd assumed that I'd be flying in from Johannesburg, because everybody flies to Swaziland from Johannesburg. Nobody flies to Swaziland from Mozambique, Civil War, all the rest. They assumed I'd be from Johannesburg. Of course, this was before mobile phones and everything. I couldn't call anybody. And so for a couple of hours, I was standing on the side of the road in the middle of Swaziland, feeling extraordinarily foreign. And in that kind of situation, what you look for is somebody to welcome you. Now, what Isaiah sees, what God shows to him, is that those who feel extraordinarily foreign receive an extraordinary welcome from God. So as we start this new year, this new season, this new congregational life, we should celebrate the belonging and the welcome that is ours in God that God welcomes us this morning, welcomes us here, welcomes us into his family. And uh, if you don't know the Lord, there's this offer of welcome to you that God will say, you're not a foreigner anymore, you're welcomed in, you become part of my people. And God says through Isaiah that he will give these people joy in his house of prayer, joy in his house of prayer. Now we do want to be a prayerful people, that's why we're the next three weeks, particularly thinking about prayer, leaning into that. And we do want to know joy. 
Pray for some joy amongst us this year, 2023. Lord, let, there, let this be a season of joy as we start this new life here in this building. And the promise to us is that we can know these things. Why? Because God welcomes us. Wonderful. Second thing to see from this is God's promise of fruitfulness for us. God welcomes the foreigner, and then the next part of the prophecy, he speaks to the eunuchs. Now, what's a eunuch? What's the, what's the deal there? Eunuchs in the ancient world were men who were deliberately rendered infertile, men who were castrated. Boys castrated grew up into eunuchs, and that was common in the ancient world. And the reason this was done was that it made these men useful for certain tasks. It meant that you could have a man who was heading the household on behalf of his master, but was no threat to the women in the household because he was emasculated. And so a eunuch was made in order to have a certain task, made more useful in a certain task, but clearly diminished as a person. And of course, being made a eunuch meant becoming a father was impossible. And so a eunuch might say, as it says here in the prophecy, I'm only a dry tree. I look like a man, but I can't function like a man because of what was done to me. I always think that these, these, um, these verses here are particularly relevant to those who have experienced infertility. That's different from being, of course, very different from being made a eunuch. But for those in this room who have experienced the extraordinary pain of infertility, there's promise and hope in God here of what God can give you and what God has for you. Now, foreigners are people outside, outside God's people, outside God's house. Eunuchs were doubly outside God's house because in the nation of Israel, all the blessings and the promises that God had given were tied to fertility. God had spoken to Abraham and said, through your seed, through your offspring, you'll be blessed. The whole deal was that God's promises were passed father to son, mother to daughter, parents to children. That's how blessing was passed in the, in the nation of Israel. And when the temple was built, eunuchs were not allowed to come and worship at the heart of the temple. They were excluded because they were eunuchs. And here... God speaks to these people, the most excluded of all people, and he says, you're going to have something better. You're going to have a memorial and a name. You're going to have something within the temple. Eunuchs weren't allowed into the temple, but God says, you're going to have a memorial and a name within the temple. There's going to be a great fruitfulness for you. Now, we have some foundation stones here at Gateway. We have the original ones, which are down by the, uh, the, the original building, laid 100 years ago. We've got our plaques on the wall, the Norma Odi Hall and the Les Burridge Hall. We're wanting to honor people, recognize faithfulness over the decades. But God speaks to the eunuchs and says they will be honored in God's house. They're going to be fruitful. They're going to have an everlasting name. They're going to have a legacy. Those who think that they're not going to leave anything behind, actually there's going to be a legacy, a memorial, something wonderful they're going to receive. Now, we were all foreigners, and we were all, spiritually speaking, eunuchs. We were spiritually unfruitful. And no matter how successful you might be, in the end, it's all just dust. In the end, it all just crumbles. But in God, that changes. In God, there is the promise of fruitfulness, fruitfulness which is enduring, which is eternal, which forms a memorial in the very house of God. And so anybody here who holds fast to the Lord 
You're not a dry tree. There are times in our Christian life when it can feel like I'm a dry tree. There's not much fruit, not much evidence of life. It doesn't feel like there's much spiritual life happening in me. It can be as it is at this time of year. We look at the trees and the trees look dead. But of course we know the trees are not dead. They are alive. And in a few weeks the trees will start to show evidence of life again. And in a few months there will once more be fruit. And this is what God speaks to us, that if you are bound to the Lord, you are not a dry tree, you are called for fruitfulness. And so in this new season, this new season of life together, let's anticipate new fruitfulness. I'm looking for some fruit. To be honest, a lot of uh, the last few years has felt extraordinarily hard. And even getting to where we are this morning, this has been a tough process. This, the building process itself over the last 12 months has been, thanks to Lewis, been pretty straightforward uh, with a few, few bumps along the way, as you'd expect. But the process of getting, on, getting to this point was torturous. It has felt like we have had to contest every inch of ground to get here. And so one of the prayers I'm praying is, Lord, give us more obvious fruit this year, where it's felt like the tree looks a bit lifeless. Lord, speak this promise of fruitfulness to us. What does God promise to us? He promises us a memorial, a legacy, fruits. Let's believe and trust for that in this season. It's God's promise. And then the third thing to see from these verses is God's commission to us. That those who were out are now welcomed in to minister to God. What does that ministry look like? The Lord speaks through Isaiah and says, that those who come in, the foreigners and eunuchs, those who were excluded but now welcomed, they will bring their offerings and sacrifices, which God will accept, and they will enter a house of prayer for all nations. This is the commission to minister before the Lord. It's further demonstration of God's welcome of us and his promise of fruitfulness to us, that we're welcomed right in and we're given priestly and prophetic status. Bring your offering. Now, we don't bring offerings, sacrifices to lay on the altar anymore. Jesus is the great sacrifice. No more sacrifices needed. But we come serving God as priests. We minister somehow in God's grace. We are able to minister to God, to bless the name of the Lord. And we serve, we minister to one another. All of us who have clung to the Lord are called to be priests in his house, to serve each other, to serve the Lord, to have this priestly role. What we bring before God, God counts as acceptable. He accepts, he accepts it. He welcomes us. And, and we're, we're called to this prophetic role as well. God will call us a house of prayer for all nations. Again, we love it that we actually have different nations represented amongst us. And we must on, constantly remind ourselves of our our place in the global church, that the church extends around all the nations of the world. We're called into something which is truly global in scope. And we've been called to be a house of prayer. We're called to speak the truth about who God is and to petition him and expect to see him move, to experience God's power at work amongst us. And so we have been welcomed in and commissioned as priests and prophets in the house of God. What a role, what dignity, what welcome there is for us. And this promise and this commission we've been given is, is now painted in technicolor because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. That Jesus was the acceptable offering and sacrifice. He was the one who was the perfect, the ultimate sacrifice, gave himself 
on our behalf so that by him we are now counted acceptable before God. The reason this prophecy is true for us is because of what Jesus has done. That God throws his arms welcome to us because of what he saw his son do at the cross because of the sacrifice that was made that we might be welcomed pure, blameless, spotless without any reservation into the presence of God called to minister before him as his priests and prophets. Hallelujah. And by him, by Jesus, we're now commissioned. He's given us tasks to do, a mission that we're on, work to get done. And so we need to hold fast to God. Four times in these verses, the, the phrase hold fast or bound to is used. Those who hold fast, those who bind themselves to God. And we live in very turbulent times. We keep saying it, we know it, we feel it. And in these turbulent times, the best thing we can do, the thing we need to do more than anything else, is to hold fast to God, to bind ourselves to Him, to cling to the Lord, to understand our status. Who are you? If you're here, you know Jesus this morning. Who are you? What are you? Well, you're a priest and a prophet called to serve in the house of God. You've been welcomed by God. You've been promised fruitfulness from God, and you've been given a commission to serve God. Cling to Him. Hold fast to Him. And we're commissioned for mission. God is in the all nations business. God is still in the gathering business. God speaks to Isaiah and says, The sovereign Lord declares, He who gathers the exiles of Israel, I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered. Now we need to see that we are part of this. This this commission is to us. I'm grateful for you being here this morning part of the kind of the nervous excitement of starting. Will there be anybody at all the road? Will they all be at 502? What's going to happen? Uh, not knowing where people will be. I'm grateful that people turned up this morning. Thank you so much. But there are still others who need to be gathered. We, haven't, we didn't buy 502. We haven't built this room just so that we can have comfortable times together. We've done it in order that we might, our facilities might facilitate our mission, that others might be gathered in. And so our expectation needs to be for growth. Our expectation needs to be that at 502 and here we will have the discomfort again of having to think about multiple services and all the rest because God adds to us. Why? Because God is the one who says, I will gather still others besides those already gathered. There are meant to be people in these empty chairs who are not yet here who are meant to be here and we need to invite in. It's a new year, a new building, a sense of a new congregational life experience together. God's wanting to put fresh vision into our sails. He wants us to see the welcome he's given us, the fruitfulness he has for us, and the commission to which he's called us. Let's believe God. Let's trust him this year. We know his welcome. We know fruits, and we serve faithfully in his call. Amen? Let's stand together, I'll pray, and uh, John and the band will come back and lead us. <coughs> Jesus, thank you for your hands on us. Lord, thank you that you have led us thus far. You have brought us to this point. We're grateful, Jesus. Lord, thank you we can, uh, yeah, looking back over these last 15 years, when there have been many struggles and battles, but looking at what you've done, Lord, thank you that there's a congregation down at Ashley Road which wasn't there 15 years ago. 
And Lord, thank you that we're here in this building, which wasn't, <laughs> certainly wasn't here 15 years ago. Lord, thank you for what you've done. And I, I pray for us in this coming season. I pray 2023 will be a year which is full of best blessing. When we do know the welcome of God and extend that welcome to others, when we do experience greater fruitfulness than we have, Jesus, and where we are faithful with the commission that you've given to us. Lord, we're, we're, we're thankful for all that you've done. Lord, we're excited for what you will do. And we ask, Jesus, that you'd pour blessing on blessing upon us for your glory, our good, and the blessing of the community around us. In your name, Jesus, we ask it. Amen.